a listener production. Okay, are you recording? G'day gang, you are listening to episode 110 of the Howie Games, part A. Pumped, pumped that you're joining us. Let's not mess around, we will get straight into it with this week's guest and we are hitting the golf course with a five-time winner so far on the US PGA Tour, Mark Leishman. Now Leishman for birdie. He's going to close it out with another one. Right now. And the man from down under goes wire to wire at the BMW Championship with the biggest victory of his career. Now, born and raised in Warrnambool, Mark has retained that really low-key, friendly, self-deprecating country approach to life. He may be playing week in, week out on the world's most storied golf courses against the likes of Tiger, Phil, Dustin, Rory and crew for mega dollars. But by gee, the man known as Leash seems completely unaffected by it all. So you search and try to find, but you don't know where to go. So many thoughts flood through your mind. You're confused and want to know, mystery, what is to be? So much more than meets the eye. Listen to me, time is your key. You will find out by and by. This is a story about golf, what it takes to succeed, and a sneak peek behind the scenes of the biggest tournaments on the planet. But it is also a story of shock and real fear as Mark talks about the health issues that threaten the life of his wife, Audrey. Those feelings, thankfully being replaced by joy and happiness, and in Mark's case, most importantly, gratitude, when Audrey found her way back to full health. Enjoy the story of Mark Leishman, a man who takes nothing for granted and who owns his own beer label. What a wonderful combination. So when you search and then you find And know just where to go And thoughts that once used to cloud your mind You see clearly and now you know Mystery, what is to be Revealed in King Selassie I Come on children, try it with me We want to reach Mount Zion Welcome to the Howie Games. The big man out of Warrnambool who now plies his trade in the United States of America on the PGA Tour. I am thrilled to speak to him. Mark Leishman joins us on the show. Leish, how are you going? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm I'm excellent. Um, let's go behind the scenes a little bit. We're doing this via <laughs> Zoom. We had a couple of technical problems and you had a bathing situation to deal with because you're a young father. Yeah, I was... Uh... Bathing my two-year-old daughter, so uh, had to do a little little tag team there with bring bring Audrey in and take over. I forgot all about this, so sorry about that. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't need to be sorry. Before we get too far into it, you are a dyed-in-the-wool Aussie man from Warrnambool. What's it like living in the states? Like you've got a young family, your kids developing American accents over there. What's going on? Yeah, they got the American accent. Uh, yeah, they go to school over here. It's um, it's been funny actually. My my little fella, my six year old, he can put on an Australian accent if he wants to, <laughs> and my eight year old couldn't. But since we, since we've been spending so much time at home, he's he's started to pick up a little bit of it. So it uh, it makes me feel good to uh, to hear that every now and again. We'll get to where your journey began, but does it seem real in your world now that you're a bloke from a small country town in Victoria, you've moved to America, you have an American wife and you are playing against the best golfers on the planet week in, week out? Like it's a quite extraordinary thing. It is. Yeah, it is extraordinary. Um, yeah, I guess the way I always thought of it is, um, 
you know, even as a kid, before I was good enough to even think about doing this, you know, you see the people who are on the tour and at the time, you know, I always looked up to Greg Norman, Ernie Owls, um, you know, those guys. But I always thought, you know, why someone's got to be there, someone's got to do it, so so why not me? Um, you know, you do the if you have the talent, you put the work in. I mean, there's there's no reason why not. So um, obviously, you have to play well at the right times, um, do the hard work. But you know, someone's got to do it. So um, I guess uh, yeah, I always had that belief that I could do it, and um, you know, it, it's it's been a good journey. You mentioned Ernie Els. Were you watching, or you might have been out plying your trade when he famously played in the Heineken and the Victorian Premier Steve Brax might add a couple of Heinekens and drop the Ernie Eels on it? Were you watching that at that stage? I was, yeah. Yeah, Ernie was my idol and I found that right. fairly funny. And well done to the players. The players have been fantastic. It's a great finish. Congratulations to Ernie Eels, to Peter Loddard, to Nick Faldo. It's been fantastic. Congratulations. So, mate, where, where did this start for you? Um, I, I mentioned at the start a Warrnambool man, for those that don't know, so that's a... That's a small country town on the Victorian coast. What what is it? Sort of four hours from Melbourne? Yeah, three hours from Melbourne. Uh, about thirty, maybe forty thousand now. Um, yeah, so a small place, but uh, got you know unpredictable weather. Yes, uh, as a lot of Victoria does. But um, yeah, good place to grow up, and um, certainly makes me appreciate the warm water where I live now. <laughs> I bet it those, does. Those those. Uh, those that water down at the beach there is pretty cold when you used to go surfing. <laughs> so how did you get into golf? There's a family connection to golf with you. Yeah, so my dad uh, he played, um, still does play. What's his name? Paul. 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 So he was a bricklayer for 35 years. Um, now works at the golf shop actually at, at the Warrnambool Golf Course. Um, I, I mean, I played all sports growing up, but just loved golf and uh, was better at golf. So. Um, you know, got a passion for that. And I've always said that, you know, you, you always do things better if you enjoy them. And, um, and I, I enjoyed golf a lot. I love the challenge of it, um, mentally particularly. Um, and then obviously you need the skill set. So, uh, you know, you can do it on the range, but you need to be able to perform under pressure. And that's what I enjoy doing is, you know, feeling some pressure and hoping you hold up under it. Before we get to your golf, those other sports, being a Warrnambool boy, did you, you grow up? I know you're a Tigers man. Did you play footy growing up? I played just at school pretty much, footy okay. at school. Uh, played cricket. Um, what type of cricketer were you? Compare yourself to a modern Australian cricketer. What were you? Bowl, oh, I was a bowler. Heat? Uh, yeah, I was, I was fairly quick. Um, I was, and with a bat, I was a, sl- a slogger. <laughs> I hit a four or a six in every game I played. So. <laughs> But I don't think I scored more than 18. I think 18 was my highest score, but it was always a quick fire. <laughs> and did you surf in the cold waters of Warrnambool or not? Yeah. Yeah, I used to do that. Um, yeah, like I say, it was freezing. Um, <laughs> you know, you always have the wetsuit on and um, get out there and get – I wasn't very good at surfing at all. Uh, so it was always getting smoked by the waves and um, <laughs> swallowing water, but uh, never did anything to – you know, I got pretty lucky. Yeah. I feel your pain there. So yeah. golf, when did you first get a set of golf clubs? Do you remember your first set? Oh, first set was probably when I was maybe eight, I guess. I think I had a three iron, an eight iron and a sandwich. Um, 
Yeah, so that was when I was about eight and then um, I got my first full set maybe at nine or ten. But, uh, you know, I had clubs when I was when I was younger as well. I pretty much always had some sort of sporting equipment in my hand, whether it was a golf club or a cricket bat or a footy or tennis racket. Yeah, there was always something. So, um, yeah, but started playing on the golf course when I was eight years old. And were you... Uh, uh... Were you a hit right from the start? You've obviously got tremendous natural talent, but obviously your work ethic goes with that. Were you a kid that started dominating those junior tournaments from a young age or did it take a bit to come to you? Um, yeah, I guess I was always fairly good at golf, um, you know, winning junior stuff from the start, I guess. Um, but, you know, then obviously when you start travelling, you're playing against older kids and, and that's when I really started enjoying it because I had to improve to win those events. So then you got to, you know, then the work ethic comes into it. You, you work out how to hit new shots. Um, you, know, you work out what conditions you enjoy or, or don't enjoy or are good at or not good at. And mm. um, that was where the real challenge started for me when I started travelling to Melbourne to play those, um, the, you know, the state junior events or, or the national, national events where you're playing against the guns. Did you win Warrnambool uh, Championship as a young bloke? I won that uh, first time as a 13-year-old. 13? Um, yeah, 13, and then uh, then won it again when I was 16, and I don't think I won it again. Uh, you know, most of the time I was away playing in, um, you know, either professional events as an amateur or, you know, n- national amateur events or all those sorts of things. So I think I only played the, the men's one maybe three or four times. Um but, uh, yeah, managed to get it a couple of times. Did you win it playing with your dad or have I got that wrong? No, that's right. Yeah, so it, was, uh, it wasn't match play. It was just four rounds of stroke. Um, I think he finished third or fourth. So he didn't finish second and let me win. Um, so you're in the good. same group as him? We're in the same group. We're <laughs> in the, I think it was the second last group. And, um, that's brilliant. Yeah, a guy... Uh, yeah, struggled coming down the last and um, I ended up winning by a shot. So that was uh, very unexpected but uh, but pretty cool as a 13-year-old. So what was your first professional tournament win? There's so much I want to talk to you about that I'm going to skip you through to the PGA Tour yep. pretty quickly. But what was your first professional tournament win? Uh, Toyota Southern Classic, I believe. In, um, in, in It was in Woolaware in Sydney. Uh, which is a it's a secondary Australian tour event. Um, I remember I shot sixty in the first round, and oh. um, I think I won by f- maybe seven or nine shots. Uh, won pretty easily, and then um, sort of you know my career was away. I won a couple more times that year. One in Korea on the Korean tour. Won another one on the um, on that same tour, and then um, yeah, went to I think America the next year. What was your first um, professional check for winning a tournament at the Toyota? What was it, the Toyota Southern Open? Yeah, it was, uh, I think it was 18000 It was, yeah, it was $100,000 so person. How old were you Pro- then? 22. So was that a massive cash injection at that stage, Eighteen grand. Yeah, because I drove up there from Warnable. Um, <laughs> uh, we, we stopped in at Marimbula on the way up for a tournament there. Right, what were you uh, driving? Then, I was driving a 94 Ford Falcon, so um, <laughs> that was in 2006, that that one. Uh, yeah, so uh, we drove up there, you know, there was, I think there was five of us in the room, um, 
in the hotel room. So we're you know, probably costing us 20 bucks a night, uh, just <laughs> saving the money. And then, yeah, I felt, felt like the richest man in the world with 18 <laughs> grand. It was, it was awesome. So was that going to the bank account or was there a big purchase it made at that stage? No, nah, that was straight into the bank account. So you get to America, um, a nationwide tour, uh, 2007. I'm looking at my notes here. You won in 2008. So you're 19th on the money list, which gets you an entry onto the PGA Tour. Before you get the PGA Tour and you understand you've qualified, what is that feeling like for you? Yeah, unbelievable, um, especially coming from, you know, my in 2007 I did the Monday qualifiers for the Nationwide Tour. Um, and then, you know, you fast forward to the end of 2008, I had to play well at the Tour Championship to get my card on the PGA Tour and did it. And then that was like one, one of the coolest feelings of my life, just to, to know that I was going to be on that big stage. Uh, they called it the big show. Um, and that was, yeah, that was pretty amazing. Uh, I remember I came back to Australia and had probably two months here before I went back and started playing uh, on the tour. So, um, yeah, pretty amazing feeling. And, um, you know, doing the hard yards on the other tours, you know, the Korean tour and the Australian tour and the the nationwide tour that really makes you appreciate what you got on the PGA tour and not want to go back. Um, so that, you know, again, made me work harder to want to stay out there. How was the Korean tour for a bloke from Warrnambool? Uh, I'm sure your Korean wasn't that flash, uh, different menus. How was that experience? Yeah, it was, uh, it was no good. It was, it was, it was good, but it was, um, it was hard work. <laughs> I bet. You know, you, you're barking at waitresses and waiters, just wanting them not to give you a dog or, <laughs> You know, like it's, you know, you're mooing at them to try and get cow because you don't, there's no, <laughs> yeah, but there's the no, um, <laughs> so there's no, uh, in Seoul there's English menus, but yep. where we were playing is out in the country and there's no, no English menus. So you're just basically pointing at something and trying to play, you know, trying to work out what it is. Um, so, yeah, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty different. Had my ball thrown into the trees in my first event over there. What happened? Um, so I was leading the tournament on the Saturday. Yeah. Hit a, hit a three iron down the middle of the fairway and get to my ball and it's not there. And um, <laughs> you know, like I said, leading the tournament, there's TV cameras there and um, you know, asking the crowd, "Where's my ball? Where's my ball?" I'm getting pissed off. Um, they're like, oh, back here, back here. It was like 50 metres behind where I'd hit it on the other side of a cart path, <laughs> right behind a tree. It was like right behind it. I had to chip it out left-handed. Called a rules official. He's like, no, nah, you got to play it. I'm like, you bastard. <laughs> so, yeah, so I had to play that and then. Uh, Is that because I, one of their men was up there and they sort of weren't hoping you'd get the checks? I, I will not speculate on that, but I'm assuming <laughs> that's what it was. Um so I uh, I ended up finishing third in that tournament. I was I was pretty shattered, and then I think I won the next tournament by eleven. So that that got me away. That was a that was a little bigger check. That one. Um, I think I got sixty thousand for that. And after that, I was all right. Now next year I can go go to America and try and you know live out a dream. I guess. So you get to the US PGA Tour, and I'm fascinated by it because I, I know working on a few sporting events what we see on the cameras, but I'm fascinated what we don't see 
behind the scenes what life is really like. So we will explore that if you indulge me. But your, what, what was your first PGA start? And is there like a locker room? Do you walk in there and then there's like blokes that you've been watching on telly for 15 years, like legends of the game at Tiger and Mickelson and I, I don't know. Yes, pretty much. That's wow. um, I, My first event was the Sony Open. Opening round of the Sony Open in Hawaii from Honolulu. First full field event of the PGA Tour season. So that's not as good a field um, as what some of the other tournaments are. Um, but that, that that was definitely like that. You know, I think Zach Johnson won that event. Um, you know, I've been watching him on TV. Uh, Steve Stricker, um, you know, Ernie Els is there. There's everyone that I've seen on TV my whole life and I'm, all of a sudden I'm trying to beat them. Um, so I think I finished 12th in that event. Um, and then the next tournament was Torrey Pines, uh, which that was where all the big boys were. So um, that was a real eye-opener to see, you know, Tiger in the locker room, Phil, um, you know, Scotty, um, just everyone that, you know, I'd never met any of these guys. So, um you know, Allenby, Appleby, they're all there. Um, and then there's me in my first year. And um, so that, that, was, that was pretty cool to get there. And, you know, you've seen it on, you've seen the course on TV, you've seen the players. And then again, you're out there trying to, uh, trying to perform when you're not really very comfortable. It feels like your first day of school. So do you just sort of go up and say, G'day, Tiger, or G'day, Ernie, or do you just wait for blokes to come and chat with you? Like, it fascinates me. No, yeah, I wasn't one to um, to go up, and I felt really nervous around Tiger to start with. Um, you know, as with all the bigger names, you know, it was pretty intimidating um, getting out there. And you know, I was twenty four years old, maybe. Um, you know, I hadn't ever played a PGA Tour event. I was, I'd worked my way. You know, it was baby steps. Um, yeah, I was sort of just uh, trying to stay out of the way. That's sort of what I do my whole life, really, in every aspect of it. Just try and stay out of the way, go about my business, and, and go home. Um, and that's what I've always done, and, and that's what I was doing. So uh, Nathan Green, actually, uh, Australian golfer, he he sort of took me under his wing a bit. Uh, John Sendon as well, Rod Pampling, um, they were all really, really good good to me and then there was a couple of friends that I had uh, Aaron Price who was uh, another Australian guy um, who we we went onto the tour together um, so we sort of hung hung together and um, you know I was lucky that I had some friends go out that same year that were in the um, come that was their first year on tour too so that was it was new for all of us and we could sort of do it together back to Mark in a moment. Next up on the Howie Games, one of the best commentators on the planet, I kid you not, the voice of football himself, Martin Tyler. So the, the, the date came round and I, December the 28th, 1974, and off I went to Southampton to, um, to commentate on this game, which was about the third time I'd ever done it. Um, and how do you reckon you went? Uh, it must have been terrible, must have, must have been. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, I, all I know is the, um, the match director, who, of course, as you will know, holds the greatest sway. He, yes, yes. He was not a football man. He, in fact, he had directed 
a the television coverage of a very famous show on weekends here when I was a child called Sunday Night at the London Palladium. It was a show, show bits, all the big stars from around the world were on. It was live on uh, primetime TV on a Sunday night, and it, so it was massive. And he was now sort of whiling away his latter years working as a, a jobbing director, and he'd been given this football match to do. He was rather well-spoken. And oh. at the end of the game... <laughs> He said, uh, oh, well done, old boy. Um, <laughs> we've got another game in a month or so. Would you like to do that? And I went, yeah, yeah, yeah thank you. <laughs> and, um, and I guess people have been saying to me, we've got another game in whatever, 48 hours ever since, really. And um, I've always said, yes, thank you. And that's how it started. That's Martin Tyler next up on the Howie Games. All righty, let's get back to Leash. So you get to 2012. Final round of the 2012 Travelers Championship from TPC River Highlands in Cromwell, Connecticut. 96 starts. You have your first win at the Travelers. What's it like then when you win on the PGA Tour? Like you've taken you through your journey, you're in Korea, likes to throwing your balls up in trees, and then you're a winner on the PGA Championship Tour. Yeah, so that was, uh, that was unbelievable. I actually had, um, you know, I played played well that week. I think I was coming 20th, 22nd, 24th, something like that, going into the last round. Um, so not thinking about winning. Um, I remember that Saturday night, actually, I had dinner with uh, with Ricky Ponting and Aaron Badley. Uh, huh. We went and had Mexican and just talking, really cruisy. Um, I was off two and a half hours before the leaders went out. I think I was six under through nine. Mark Leishman is well in the mix. Five birdies on the front side for the Aussie. And the former PGA Tour Rookie of the Year looking for another here at 14. This one all the way to the back of the green, circling back to the right. That would lead to an easy birdie. Uh, you know, kept it going, shot 62. All of a sudden, you know, I've got, all right, you got to wait around, see if you win. And I still didn't think I was going to win. And then on to 17. 17 feet away, and Mark Leishman has the lead at 14 under par. He would be the first to get to the clubhouse with that total. Um, and then you win. Now he needs this, a hole out to match Mark Leishman, not to be. And with that, Mark Leishman would have his first win on the PGA Tour. It comes here at the Travelers Championship. And then you got all the interviews and stuff afterwards, and yeah, you, know, you got your phone blowing up in your pocket. Um, I don't remember much about that day, to be honest. What I do remember is the drive back to my hotel, and I was driving on the freeway and just thinking, "You're a winner. You've won. Like you've done it." It's like just I was just it gave me goosebumps, and it still does. Uh, but just driving along the highway, the people next to me must have been thinking I was nuts or something. But um, <laughs> I was just driving with this huge smile on my face. Uh, ended up going out for some some chicken wings and beers and <laughs> with a few of the boys, and it was, it was great. I mean, just a, a really good memory. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. Chicken wings and beers. Yeah. So th- th- this gets to the behind the scenes of the PGA. Obviously, leash there is a lot of money involved. So when you win a tournament or, or you get, how do you end up with the money? Like, does it pop in on the bank account on a Monday and you think, oh, wow, or how does it work? It's normally Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, just hit your account. Um, yeah, it's sort of, 
a bit uh, anticlimactic, really. You know, like you you would think you'd get a check in the mail, and then you got to go down to the bank and <laughs> here's, you know, can, can I deposit this? It's just it's straight in. Um, but it is good because I guess if you had that in your hand, um, it would be a you know you'd probably spend it a lot quicker. But like I said, I've always been good with my money and um, yeah, because you, you never know what's around the corner. Um, you know, whether it's a a bad injury or you know a medical something, you know, where you got or you know natural disaster where you or coronavirus where you may not work for however yes. long. Um, I feel like you. You know, if if at all possible, I know it's not not a possibility for everyone, but you know if you can, I think it's um it's good to have a be good with it. So you know don't, don't have regrets, but uh, yeah, it's it's nice when you do see it hit your account. You know, it's all it's those weeks when you check it. <laughs> Normally, <laughs> you know, if you have an average week, you don't look at it, but those weeks you'll you you will take a glimpse. And you 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 know you're you're in the elite and you're winning against the best in the world um, in a high-profile sport that generates enormous money. So it, it's big checks you're playing for. Do you ever look at the size of the the purses and think, this is an incredible thing? Now Leishman for birdie. He's going to close it out with another one. Why not? And the man from down under goes wire to wire at the BMW Championship with the biggest victory of his career. Yeah, I've never forgotten how lucky I am. Um, I mean, you know, the, obviously we're playing against the best in the world, but there's guys playing on the on the Corn Ferry Tour, which is the the secondary tour or the European Tour, and the fields are maybe not as good, but they're still very very good. There's so many good golfers out there, and I mean, the amount we're playing for compared to them, it makes us feel, you know, makes me feel like I'm really lucky. Um, yeah, you do pinch yourself a little bit, but yeah, I mean, you, I guess I'm lucky now in the situation that I'm in that I, I don't think about the money anymore. You're trying to play for the trophies, um, so yeah, I mean, you do have some putts, you know, on the 18th green on a Sunday where you know that, geez, I got to, I really want to make this because I know how much it's worth. I had a putt this year at Bay Hill. Um, it was about a six footer, um, and it was if I hold it, I was going to be outright second maybe win. Um, if I missed it, I was going to be tied second. Um, so it was like a four or $500,000 putt. And a six, like it. So it's, you know, you, when you're not playing for a win, you, th- you maybe you think about it a little bit, but uh, it's, it's also different when, all right, if I make it, I'm going to get that extra money. But if I don't make it, it's not like I'm going to have to write or get hand cash over to someone. It's, it's a little different to playing like that, I think. So what is it like to live and breathe and play on the US PGA Tour. We see Thursday through Sunday in the cameras. What's it actually like? Like you, you, you land at the airport. Do you get picked up in a courtesy car or have you got the rental? Like hey, you get to the hotel. How does it all work? So we're, like it, again, might, it, we're, might sound, it might sound mundane to you, but it, it really interests me. Yep. So, again, we're very lucky on this tour. Um, so San Diego this year, for instance, um, you know, you land, I landed at four o'clock in the afternoon uh, on a Monday, two maybe, yeah, it doesn't matter what time. Uh, there's a car there waiting for you. So you jump in your car um, and then you, it's yours for the week. It's a, you know, I think it was a brand new Genesis. Uh, sure. We get a brand new car every week. It's, you know, Mercedes or a BMW or a Lexus or 
Genesis or whatever it might be. Um, so yeah, go to your hotel, check in, um, then you're at the golf course. Um, well, that week I did a charity uh, thing for Amanda Balionis, who who's with CBS. Um, there was like a puppies and putting and beer thing. So I went to that for a couple of hours. Um, you know, then you practice an all day Tuesday because Torrey Pines has two golf courses. So you got to just go over everything, make, make sure nothing's changed with the courses, see how the greens are playing, how the rough is, how far the ball's flying. Um, then you got your Pro-Am Wednesday, so it's 18 holes Wednesday. Tell me about um, the Pro-Am. Who, who, like, have you played with any sort of big-name operators in the Pro-Ams? Or, so I'll ask you that side of it first. Who have you played with in the Pro-Ams? Yeah, i played with a lot of guys. Um, look, I'm a lot of American footballers, uh, baseballers, uh, I don't know if you've heard of um, Emmett Smith. Yes. Um, yeah, Emmett Smith, Jerry Rice. Wow. A lot of directors, movie stars. Uh, I don't know if you remember the the Sunday night, the top 30, you know, Rick yes. Dees and the weekly top 30. I play with Rick Dees. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's up? It's your friend Rick Dees counting down to number one this week. Kevin Sorbo, who's uh, Hercules. Half man, half god, all hero. He is... Hercules. Yeah, so you're always playing with you know different uh, different characters. A lot of CEOs of companies, you know, sponsors. Um, but pro ams, you just hope you play with someone that doesn't care how they play. Um, it doesn't matter if they play, play good or play bad, as long as they have fun, no matter how they play. That's all you're looking for. Um, and what, what so- happens, Leash, when like you're tuning up for a tournament and you get on the first and you get introduced to your blokes and <laughs> A bloke just scrubs it 30 metres along the ground and doesn't reach the ladies' tee. Like, how, how do you deal with situations like that? It happens all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, I played with a guy once. We were in Miami. He had three air swings and then a, then a toe shank straight into a car, which was on the <laughs> driving down the road. Um, so they were – so at that point, they'd never played golf before. So um, – then you're just saying, all right, hit your tee shots, come to my ball, and then hit your second shot from my ball. And then pick your ball up, hit your third shot from my ball. So you got to, you know, you make do with, with what you got. But you, know, you meet so many cool people, um, you know, just successful people, interesting people. Um, you know, some of my great friends I've met in Pro-Ams um, just r- completely randomly. So it's, uh, it's a great opportunity to meet good people and uh, see the course the day before the tournament. And then when you get to the, the practice range, I've had the pleasure of working on golf tournaments before uh, and it fascinates me because you get to the practice range and there's 120 blokes there, 120 girls there, and on the practice range everyone just hits the ball dead straight down the middle a mile and obviously it becomes different in tournament play. So when you get to the practice range, you might be in contention. Uh, are you speaking to blokes? Is it, is it friendly? Is it warm or is it they're my competitor? How, how, how's the vibe? So I'm very just normal like I'll talk to the guys I like and um you know my friends but everyone's different um you know some of my friends are very business-like on the range um others are the same as me Cameron Smith for instance is exactly the same as me you just you know we carry on and just act like idiots on the range and then you know then you get to business um Adam Scott on the other hand is very very serious um when it gets to tournament day. So, um, you know, everyone's different. And that's the cool thing about it is there's no right or wrong way to go about it. 
like like anything really. Um, it's just you got you got to know yourself and what works for you. Um, I play better when I'm loose and um, and relaxed. Uh, some guys need that intensity um, to to get themselves into it. So um, it's you know like say you have to know yourself and um, yeah, it's cool. But for the golfers out there, man, we get to the driving range and on the PGA Tour the you actually hit your own golf ball. So uh, you'll get, there'll be a table of golf balls that's, you know, 10 metres long and I use a Callaway ball, but a certain type of Callaway ball and they have that. There's about four different types of Callaways and then two different types of Titleists and three different types of TaylorMades and Bridgestones. And just, so you actually get the golf ball that you play. Um, so on Mondays when you get to the golf course, it's just there's thousands of brand new golf balls on the range, which is pretty cool. On that very topic, leash uh i got two quick kids an eight-year-old and a 10-year-old and they often ask questions of the guests now that what you've just brought up there you will now get the question from my son whose name is mac but he's only eight but he operates as self-proclaimed came up with his own nickname leash of the big penguin so that's how he'll introduce himself so you now get uh hopefully you can hear it over there in virginia beach the question from the big penguin all right Big Penguin here. One of my favourite things to do is go golf ball hunting. Once I found 80. When you were young, did you go golf ball hunting? Now that you're a professional golfer, do you ever lose your ball or are you just too good? <laughs> so go G'day, Mac. golf ball hunting, he means going looking for golf ball. He loves it. He's obsessed with it. Yeah, we, I definitely did that. Um, down at Warnable, we'd find a lot of golf balls in the tea tree. We'd also yes. find... Uh, a few tiger snakes and brown snakes. <laughs> yes. um, and actually one day I found a $50 note. I felt oh. like I was, I was like 10 years old and there was, a, there was this uh, pineapple sitting there and I was, uh, <laughs> I was pumped. I actually went straight home after that. I'm like, stuff there, so I'm going home. Uh, so I did that. Um, as far as losing golf balls, yes, definitely lose golf balls. Uh, we, the courses we play on, a lot of water, um, Probably most of the balls, like when I'll finish with them on a, if I hit a pitching, uh, a wedge shot or a bunker shot, I'll give it to a kid off the back of a green. So um, actually we got a golf course over the back of our house and um, we love, we, my kids, I've got an eight-year-old boy and a six-year-old boy uh, and a little girl as well, but they love, absolutely love going over and look for golf balls in the, in the edge of the water. So um, yes, I used to do it, Mac, and I still do it. So it's uh it still gives me a buzz. It's funny. I've got more golf balls than I know what to do with and I get, to, get them for free, but I still love finding golf balls. It's one of the great pastimes and you funny you mentioned the snakes because we go and hopefully anyone are listening from Barwon Heads Golf Club. You ever played at Barwon Heads or not? Yeah, love it there. Beautiful yeah. course. Great spot, um, yeah. Hopefully none of the uh, the managers are listening, but we spend a bit of time down there, but I direct him, we can't go over summer, mate, because there's too many snakes, so we are just winter operators. Yeah, it's... Uh... Lifts the heart rate a bit when you do see one of the <laughs> slippery little fellas. It does. Um, from snakes to tigers, um, it's an obvious question, but one that fascinates everyone. I think. What is it like playing golf with Tiger Woods? What have your experiences been? It's great. Um, I've been lucky enough to play with him a lot uh, over my twelve years on tour. I've played, geez, I think I played with him twelve times in two thousand and eighteen. Um, my first time was in 2009. It was in the last round of um, the BMW. He was leading. I was coming second. 
from Coghill Golf and Country Club, the final round of the BMW Championship. Tiger with a new course record on Saturday, firing a 62. What's in store on Sunday? Um, never been so nervous in my life. I'm not the nervous type, but I was I was struggling to I was standing on the first tee, thinking I have to hit driver because it's got the biggest head, um, and I shouldn't top it or you know miss it. Um, <laughs> miss so that it. was. That was pretty interesting. Yeah, I was very. I couldn't feel my hands. I was that nervous. Um, and then, since then, I've obviously become more comfortable and um, get along with Tiger very well. Uh, we enjoy each other's company. Um, I always tend to play well when I play with him, which is which is a plus as well. So, uh, yeah, um, I've hit some good shots with him. Um, I've hit some terrible shots with him. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, you can have a laugh about it and no matter how you play when you play with him it's it's a great experience and and fun because you're playing in front of more people than or half the crowds that are on the entire golf course are following him like so it's a there's a lot of energy around his his group um and yeah I, I i love it so when you talked about different guys' approaches, when, when you're playing in a final grouping with him, when in theory you two guys could be going down the stretch, is he all business or how does he approach that situation? He's definitely all business until he's um, till he's chewed you up and spat you out basically. Um, right. So once he's, once he's got your beat, um, then he'll, he'll chat. Um, you know, in the last round, in the first rounds of tournaments, he's – He's very cruisy, um, to me anyway. I don't know to everyone, but, um, you know, I'll, I feel comfortable talking to him during the round and um, we seem to have a lot to talk about. So, you know, I'll give him a bit of, bit of crap here and there and um, I think he enjoys it. That's it for Mark Leishman Part A. See you on the back nine for Part B. Listener.